Good Stuff Show is brought to you by Budget Insurance. Enter the word budget on the Cliff Central official account on WeChat and find out more. Welcome back to The Good Stuff. You're tuned into Cliff Central's very own happy hour with me, Brent Lindicue, the good news guy. With Budget's Save-A-Bundle deal, you can brighten up someone else's life with the extra bucks in your pocket. Ensure your car and home contents together. You'll get a 5% discount on every car insured, a 15% discount on home contents insurance, and 15% of your premium back in cash after two years. For great value on insurance for your good stuff, type in Budget on the Cliff Central WeChat platform or SMS Budget to 40224. Budget is an authorized financial services provider. Discounts based on combination policies. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the show. Uh, you're tuned in with Brent Lindicue. The show today is all about out-of-the-box thinking when it comes to charities and foundations. And uh, I've got a jam-packed show ahead. We've got Matt joining us from the Photo and Film Expo in a bit, um, who will be chatting about shocking people for charity. No jokes. He's He's got a taser and he's ready to get some money out of you. And uh, we'll also have Tanya from the Ubuntu Photo Portrait calling in. But first... I've brought in a real thought leader, an inspirational speaker. He's also the MD of a company called Hava Sports and Entertainment. Andrew Ross, welcome to the show. Hi, morning, Hazard. Hi, welcome. Thank you, good to be here. It's, it's, it, I always ask my guests the first time that they're in studio, you've never been here before, what do you think of uh, our Cliff Central setup? Look, I think being part of something pioneering is amazing, and it's really cool to see People pushing boundaries. South Africans in general around the world are seen as pioneers. Your Elon Musks of this world are right out there privatizing the space industry as we speak and creating cool electric cars. And there's nothing wrong with questioning convention and making sure that that the normal should be and could be challenged. And I think part of the vibe of the current consumer, the current customer, is they want to be challenged. So I think it's awesome. All right. So I've called you a thought leader. You seem to already be quite opinionated. What do you do? All right, so uh, what do I do? Um, I've spent my life challenging convention in the marketing space. I was instrumental in creating a whole bunch of cool and wacky ideas that uh, people told us couldn't be done that eventually became the benchmark around 2020 cricket worldwide. Uh, So as a result of that, we run around cricket stadiums around the world uh, handling the uh, real-life immersive match day experience uh, on behalf of uh, some really cool brands and some really cool custodians of cricket properties around the world. Uh, Hava Sports Entertainment is a really, really awesome outfit, about uh, 550 people in about 35 countries. Uh, we work with some amazing brands like Coca-Cola, uh, and uh, we do small, some... Small brands then. You know, small brands. And, uh, yeah, we do some really phenomenal stuff in connecting brands with fans through the touch point of passion. And that's Havas Sports and Entertainment. Correct. Yeah, we're part of Havas, uh, uh, a broader communication group called Havas, which is uh, a fifth largest communications group in the world, about 16,000 people around the world. So uh, we've uh, got some great clout and we've got some fantastic infrastructure and we've got a really, really, really amazing people coming up with fantastic ideas. And you're part of that creative space. You're part of that the fantastic ideas is something that comes from you, yes? Yeah, I think I think the whole point today is that brands don't live in isolation. Um, 15 years ago, you could draw up a brand strategy uh, as a corporate, as a bank, as a charity, as the SPCA. It didn't matter who you were. 
you could drop a brand strategy because you could basically tell people what you were. You could put a billboard on the side of the road or create a TV ad or make a radio ad that flighted on a station like this. And you could tell people what to think of you. Uh, the, the really cool part of the world that we're playing in right now is that the customer is changing. The customer that is becoming a vocal advocate of brand, uh, of brands, the, uh, the four P's of marketing, uh, the person is becoming the four E's of marketing and the person is becoming an evangelist. If we take those four P's that you just mentioned, for those of us that uh, do not have a marketing degree, what are the four P's in marketing? So the four P's, it goes back to the early 60s when um, when very clever people, way more clever than me, they came up with these uh, really cool ideas of the way that uh, brands would and should evolve. And um, the four P's of marketing were people, place, price, promotion. And that for a long time was what was taught in the textbooks of marketing. It was what was taught in the textbooks of communication. A radio ad 20 years ago spoke about buy a bottle of water for 15 bucks from a, a spa and win a prize. And that was cool. And that was okay for the 60s. The guy that wrote the four Ps is dead. Um, he, and, and frankly, in the evolution of the current consumer, um, you know, there's a lot of thought going into the fact that the four Ps is dead too. Um, and instead of product, you have experience. Instead of price, you have an exchange of information. Instead of place, you have every place around the world. And most importantly, instead of person, you have evangelism. And it's become the four E's. That's the new standing. Well, it's it's a theory. I mean, you everybody's got their own hook to hang on. I, I quite like this because it talks specifically to the interactivity of the uh, the world we're living in and the fact that customers not just have opinions anymore. Customers have always have opinions. The difference is that customers can now voice their opinion and be heard. And if you don't believe me, ask FNB with RB Jacobs. Totally. It's the whole, it's Twitter, it's instant. If I have something to say to a brand, I could immediately tweet them and someone in their department will pick that up. Well, it's not just someone, it's not just that someone could, you expect it. As a customer, as a consumer, you demand that response. If, if a brand is on Twitter, you mentioned Twitter. If a brand is on Twitter, you expect and demand that response. What's interesting is there's an entire community out there interacting with brands that have become your new strategists, your new copywriters, your new art directors, and your new comms communication consultants because they are telling you what the people on the ground are thinking of your brand right there, right then, right now, right here. It's it's completely off the topic. It is maybe out the box, but you've created whirlwinds by being opinionated, and uh, you've written a couple of blogs, open letters to different corporates, You've tweeted them, and they've reacted. I mean, I've spoken to you. You've got free cell phones. You've had uh, flights changed. You've had certain things where you where you contact people on that medium, and you make things happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think that's the point about having a voice. We've just been speaking about that, and the fact that you are able to to write a piece of communication in one way or another. And I was quite cheeky about it. I'll be honest with you. I went out there to get a reaction. I didn't want my email to go into uh, a help desk, a call center. I was angry. I'd been delayed by an airline who is notorious for delaying people who will remain nameless unless you've ever flown out of Lanseria. And, and I got really irritated because the big green airline had delayed me one time too many. And their formulaic response wasn't good enough. I didn't want a standard call center, we're sorry, we'll look into it, answer. I didn't want a standard, we operate within normal uh, international acceptable norms, reply. So while I was delayed, sitting in a, a, a lounge in Cape Town Airport, I wrote a blog, an open, C, an open letter to the CEO of this airline. 
And I wrote it in such a way that he basically had no choice but to respond. And what was really interesting is that started a catalyst for me of taking on uh, consumer-facing issues because you have the voice as a customer and you have the platform with blogging sites, with Twitter, with social media, with Facebook, with all these cool things to get into it. And the brands ignore it at their peril. And that's exactly why companies like uh, Vodacom, uh, Peter Ace, the ex-CEO, was remarkably good. He had a team of people monitoring social media just for him, not the general stuff, not the the the, uh, the general run-of-the-mill day-to-day stuff, just people that were talking to him. He took a personal interest in it because he understood that that was where the groundswell of support would come from when the time came right. And, yeah, I mean, we had huge uh, issues with Vodacom. I ended up with a repeated tower being installed into my lounge um, to try and shut me up, and that's okay. It's okay to have that voice. It's okay to be heard. The main difference is I had twenty five, thirty thousand people at time reading my blog, so that, it makes it a little bit more interesting. You you had the resources, and and you were able to think out of the box to achieve something. You you wanted something changed, and that's why that's why I brought you in today because we are chatting about uh, out of the box thinking when it comes to charities and foundations. My question to you is: How important is thinking out of the box? It's it's vitally important when it comes to businesses and and to making change. Is it as important for charities? I think it's more so. I think it's more so important. In fact, I would go one step further. If you are a charity in South Africa right now and you still think there's a box, you're in trouble. Forget the box. The box is dead. The box died years ago. If you are not going to find other ways to make yourself relevant in other people's worlds, you're in huge trouble. And and we've seen it time and time again. I sit in, in an office where... I'm surrounded by a team of amazing professionals, and our job is sponsorships. It's to look for, evaluate opportunities, to place people into the right sponsorship categories, uh, to write sponsorship strategies, et cetera, et cetera. And the one thing that permeates time and time again in proposals we get, proposals we receive, proposals we go out there and look for, is that charities in general make one fatal mistake. They start from the assumption that you care. And the psychology of that's really interesting. If you go back a step, and, and maybe all of the listeners can do this right now, but here's a really simple sample of one for you. If I asked any listener listening now to think about the first charity that pops into their mind, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be Sunflower Fund. It could be SPCCA. It could be Horses Haven. It could be Corsi's Haven. It doesn't matter what that is. I guarantee you the reason that you resonate with the first charity that comes into your mind is because you've had a personal experience, not necessarily with a charity, but with a family member or a close member that has been Im- involved in something to do with that charity. So cancer charities, ask anybody that supports Sunflower Fund. I guarantee you they're involved somewhere along the line with some direct r- contact with cancer. And so the first point of call is that there are a 100 great cancer charities out there. There are a 100 great AIDS charities out there. There are a 100 great uh, social responsibility and Save the Rhino and Warm and Fuzzy and Vegetable Rights I don't care what the charity is. There's hundreds of them out there, and they're really. And the sad thing is, they're really all doing great things. They're just not necessarily relevant. Relevant content, relevant context is what it's about. I agree completely, and <laughs> I've, you, you've made me almost speechless because it's so true. Charities should work harder. They should be out of the box. They should be unique so that people are seeing them in a different light, and uh, and people are getting to know them for doing things differently. There are too many charities out there that are just the same, trying to do the same thing with a different voice. Um, what experience do you have 
with thinking out of the box when it comes to to charities. Have you seen it anywhere? Look, I think I think there are some really awesome uh, examples right now of people harnessing both the the groundswell of local support through social media, um, as well as just being relevant. And I think I think the big thing with charities, especially where integrity is key, um, is making sure that that the the right thing is done at the right time for the right reason. It's really tricky to sit on that fence and try and be overly corporate as well. There's a couple of really big charities out there that are incredibly well run that have got phenomenal backbones to them that we personally don't put our clients' money into because they're frankly too well run. They've got too much administration costs. They've got glitzy head offices. They've got billboards on the side of the road. And we're not necessarily looking for that, you know. So it's quite interesting to find the angle. I'll give you an example. There's a bunch of, uh, bunch of guys in Cape Town. Um, they came up with a really simple concept. They work for a really, really great advertising agency called MNC Sachi Abel. Two Cape Town guys came up with an idea to help homeless people. Cape Town obviously has got a big issue of homelessness, and they wanted something relevant, content, relevant context. And they did something as simple as creating a pop-up street store. Now, pop-up street store to you and me could be quite complex. It's walls and it's electricity and it's sound systems, it's tills and it's whatever. They didn't do any of that. They took coat hangers with a piece of printed cardboard and stuck them on the railings of fences and parks around Cape Town. And all it said was, donate your clothes here. And all you had to do was take an old shirt, take an old pair of tackies, take uh, a pair of jeans, stick it onto the coat hanger, and walk away. And somebody that wanted that clothing knew it was it was available, up for grabs, and they took it. This particular idea has been replicated around the world already, and it is literally something as simple as coat hangers and paper. That's amazing. That That's powerful. That's relevant. That's great context. And that's using the groundswell of genuine emotion and genuine support to not just raise profile for charity, but actually help people. And that's what it's about. That's really cool. Um, I'll give you another quick example as well. Just and if you want, if you want more on that, by the way, just go onto uh, Facebook and look for the streetstore.org. It's on Facebook right now, a South African initiative. Something a bit more international. Here's another great idea. And and again, I'm trying not to sound uh, jaded or 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 you know, overly uh, cynical, but cancer, there are, uh, as noble a cause it is, there are millions of cancer charities, and they're all looking for money, they're looking for funding, they want to solve all the same thing, and I really, really do get that. Um, you've really got to go you know, slightly differently to, to, to make a difference. It's not, about, it's not about getting 20 bucks in the bank, it's about making a difference. Samsung came up with an idea, and what Samsung did is that they created an app um, basically that allowed you to download it. It was called the Samsung Power Sleep app. And what it was designed to do is work like an average alarm clock. So you turn it on in the evening. You launch the app, set the time you wanted to wake up. What that did is it turned your cell phone into a data processing device for a university of Vienna. And what you, the University of Vienna were doing was using your data and the processing power of your phone to help crunch the numbers on cancer research. It was that simple. Uh, it became in one week uh, one of the most downloaded uh, apps in the uh, in the the Samsung store. There were over, more importantly, over 180,000 users with over a million megs of data being donated in the first month alone. Simple idea. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody goes to sleep. What about the processor sitting in your phone at night? Trick here is that it was from a reputable company, so you trust Samsung. It's not, 
Honest Joe's Corner Shop that you never know if you're going to lose your credit card details when you wake up and you've you've suddenly bought you know a hundred plane tickets to Ghana. So the first thing is that you, it worked because you trusted the source of it. It was reputable and it was genuine intent. It was being used for something good, um, and you could see that it was transparent. And those are the key things. I think using people's resources is so a clever way of doing things. You mentioned uh, coat hangers on the side of the road. If if you had spare clothing that you didn't wear anymore and you didn't know where to take it. It's an easy way to pass it, to pay it forward. It's, it's pretty easy. Uh, there's another app that, um, you can download on your phone that I found a couple of weeks ago made by UNICEF. And basically their whole idea is that so many people go, go without a basic necessity like water in the world. How long can you go without your phone? And they use the, the motion sensors inside of your phone. So you download the app. From UNICEF, it's called the Tap Project. Uh, you you set it up, and every time you put your phone down, it measures the amount of time that you're not on your phone, and and because of that, it donates money back to to give people clean water. It's just clever how they're using the resources you already have. I'll say it again: relevant content, relevant context. It, it's in this day and age, as a consumer, as somebody who's busy, as as a student who's immersed in their phone eight hours a day while they're sitting on buses going to varsity, when they're sitting in the car when mom's taking them to school, when they're um, sitting between lectures, very often when they're sitting in lectures. Um, you have to be relevant to the people you're talking to. And I think too many charities, going back to your original question, get it wrong. They're, they're relevant to themselves. They want to save the ant because the ant needs saving. They just forget that nobody else really cares about the ant. And, and it's about relevant content, relevant context. And as long as you've got those two things as a charity, you have a right to exist in a corporate's life. You also need to understand that from a corporate perspective, very often, if it's genuine CSI, they don't want anything out of it other than accountability. They want to be able to PR about it and talk about it a little bit, sure. But what the big thing that they want is accountability. They want to know that they can take the money, knowing that it's going to the right cause, that it's being used for the right reasons, um, and that their money is being used in good faith. Uh, there's a really, really big corporate right now, and I'm not going to mention any names, that is seriously questioning their involvement in a very big cause that's currently really relevant around South Africa. Um, and the, they've been involved in it for three years. They've plowed a huge amount of money into it. And the main reason that they're seriously reconsidering is because there are no results. How, how, and you need to understand from a corporate perspective, they need to stand up to their board and go, we're spending five million rand a year doing what this. What is the return on investment? What is the, it's not even return on investment. It's what is the result? Yeah. Are we solving the problem? Are more kids drinking clean water? Are more rhinos being saved? Are more, um, orphans being fed? It doesn't matter what the cause is, or what the, sorry, what the result is. The cause is still going to be there, but, but the, the, these relationships have to be symbiotic and charities don't necessarily get the proposals that we see coming from a charity are, I need this, I want this because I do this. That's not good enough. What's in it for me? What's in it for the corporate? What can I get out of it? What, 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 is, what is your track record? What is your heritage? What is your pedigree? Um, why should I give you the money as opposed to please give me the money? There's a material difference in the way that charities need to approach the way that they speak to corporates, full stop. Even co corporates and individuals, it's everybody getting involved. You need to be thinking outside of the box. And sometimes you need to box is dead. sleep in the box. What box? There's a box here. And this, uh, this craze has taken the UK by storm. It's a new charity that has um, started. They call it sponsored sleepouts. 
and basically it's a it's a festival where you get to watch bands, you get to have a couple of drinks, you you get to eat food from a soup kitchen. So they try and make it quite authentic. Um and then that evening when you go to bed, everybody climbs into cardboard boxes. The money for the tickets for the festival go back to to homing the homeless. Yeah. But it's such a cool thing because all the youngsters are jumping on board. Everybody loves a festival. Everybody loves a good band, uh, a, a bit of a bit of alcohol, um, some good food. But at the same time, you're experiencing something that maybe someone else that's that's their life, and uh, and you get to sleep in a cardboard box and and you get to give back at the same time. So that there's, uh, I get you entirely. There's a really really amazing program called Rock Corps. Coca Cola, one of our clients, actually has done a Rock Corps program here in South Africa last year. I'm not sure if it's still carrying on. Um, and what Rock Corps is, in its simplest form, is the most amazing rock concert you could ever wish for. We're talking headline acts like Beyonce, uh, Buster Rhymes did South Africa, as an example. The only trick is you can't buy a ticket. The only way you can get a ticket to go and see Buster Rhymes performing in Joburg, in Coca-Cola's case, is to do four hours of charity work. And you have to be nominated, and that has to be verified. Uh, Rock Corps is a global company. It's been going since 2003. They've done 70, 80 concerts around the world. This is, this is exactly that harnessing into, um, the, the, the common good of people, making people want to do something. And I think that's the interesting thing is we've certainly seen that there's no shortage of initiative and desire to want to get involved. Um, let's be blunt. You saw it with Nick nominations where, where it didn't take a lot to use the YouTube platform to create 5,000 videos around the world of people wanting to do good. People want to do good, but for some obscure reason, they need the push. It's not even very often about the recognition. They just need the push. They need someone to take my hand and go, hey, we're cleaning up the Sprite this weekend. Now, what if you could say, listen, we're cleaning up the Sprite this weekend, bring 10 of your mates, and we're going to go to a concert afterwards for free in Lone Hill Park. It changes the way that you want to do things, and then you can get involved. It's easy to get involved. It makes it socially acceptable to be socially acceptable. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a minor psychological twist that creates a major difference. And it's that, it's that commonality of, of microactivism. It's being accountable to yourself for yourself, doing one thing simple. It doesn't need to change the world, but if a million people do one thing simply, the swell of the, the ground swell is there and have a look at rock corpse as a prime, prime example of that 80 concerts around the world, uh, over, and I forget the stats now, but there's millions of people have gone to their concerts for free. Well, that, that will lead me into my next feature that I do every week. And it's, it's change one thing I'm all about. And I believe passionately that if you change one simple thing for the greater of good, it will change everything. You have, you have the ability to change everything. Uh, so I call it change one thing Tuesday and, um, and this week, I've, I don't know if you've seen it online, but there was that letter that was written on Heritage Day um, called Dear White South Africans, where a woman by the name of Nsiki, Nsiki Mazwai, she wrote, she wrote a letter basically just giving her opinion on what she believed Heritage Day was. And, and I'm, whether her opinion's right or wrong, I don't want to get into that because that's not the reason I brought it up. But she wrote this letter. It got a lot of people upset. Um, and a couple of people responded to her letter uh, to basically say, 
your opinion matters, yes. Uh, you believe in one thing, here's my opinion, and and a debate would have been started if she responded. She hasn't. Um, my change one thing Tuesday for this week is to be a little more open to other people's ideas. If you can learn from them, you yourself will become a better leader. So even though you, we may not have liked what she had written, she had an opinion, and that opinion comes from somewhere. John Kennedy said, leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. And I think it's important to to listen and learn from other people. South Africa is multicultural, multiracial. We can learn a lot from each other. And I think today, if you do just one thing, stop and listen to someone else who you might not always have listened to. Do you have anything to add, Andrew? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, obviously I've I've seen the entire thing roll out on social media. And I think... I think the really, you've said it already, I think the really important thing here is not whether you agree with Nsiki's opinion. It's the fact that A, she has an opinion. B, we live in a country where her opinion is allowed to be heard. And don't ever underestimate the power of that um, for all the good, the bad, the swings, the roundabouts. The fact that, that an opinion this strong is allowed to be stated and allowed to have opinion formed around that, both positive and negative, pro and cons, etc., I think is what it's about. Um, coming back to, to you know, I don't really want to talk about the merits of, of my opinion on what it is that she said, um, or the responses, because I don't think a lot of the responses are relevant either. And I think it's, it's, it's really easy to get emotional about something like that. Everybody needs to have an opinion. I think the important thing is just keep talking. As long as there's a constant dialogue, um, I think, Everybody gets everybody gets stronger. Everybody is cleverer, and everybody ultimately gets to learn a little bit more about about everybody else around them. And, and as a melting pot, and I know it's a cliche, but as a melting pot that South Africa is, that's vital for the future success of this country. Agreed. And budgets have also got a good stuff thought. Perhaps if you open yourself up and you do listen, and it doesn't work out as well as you planned, life gives you a second chance. It's called tomorrow so always believe that there's always a tomorrow the sun will always rise tomorrow think outside the box when it comes to insurance too budgeted with budget you can add the cash back bonus to your insurance policy and if you remain claim free for two years they'll reward you by giving you 15 percent of your premiums back in cash now that's good stuff for great value on insurance for your good stuff type in budget on the cliff central wechat app or sms budget to 40224 Budget is an authorized financial services provider. Standard SMS rate supply. Terms and conditions apply as well. Uh, we'll be right back. If you guys want to get in touch, you can give us a call on 0861-555-189 or send a message directly to WeChat. It's really, really simple. You can also tweet us at cliffcentral.com or myself, Brent Lindehue, or Andrew Ross over here, who, whose handle is maddog underscore SA, yes? Yep, at, at maddog underscore SA. So get in touch. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll always have a good day on uh, the good stuff with uh, myself, Brent Lindicue, on Cliff Central. We've got Andrew Ross in studio, and uh, we've just had Matt Raven join us from uh, from Photo and Film Expo. He's the top guy there, and he's also doing really, really cool stuff. Um, we're going to get in, into how he's shocking people for charity. Uh, Matt, it's rad to have you in studio. What do you think of the studios? It's your first time here, yeah? Oh, this is awesome. Uh, I never knew it was this big, uh, firstly. Uh, well, they also. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured being an internet thing, you'd, you'd have a couple of geeks sitting behind computers somewhere, and, but this is bigger than most radio stations we've, we've been at. You know what? High five that. And we are. We're super, super fun. 
Um, I don't know if you saw it outside. There's a big fridge filled with beer, so we do that as well. <laughs> it's all about the good stuff. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the Photo and Film Expo and your involvement? Sure. The Photo and Film Expo has been around, this is going to be its sixth event. Um, it's been around since 2009. Uh, we started out just a small event to cater to photographers to try and get a, a couple of workshops together that everybody could go and attend. Um, and then we brought in a couple of the brands to bring in their, their products alongside the, the workshops. Um, kind of spiraled out of control and it, it just, it's become the biggest photographic event on the continent. Um, as you do, I mean, <laughs> in your sixth year, that's incredible. We've got now, we've got over 150 different workshops in four days, all unique workshops. And we've got almost 400 brands represented at the show. That's really amazing. Um, you know that the show today, our show, is all about the good stuff. And today's overriding theme is thinking out of the box, which you clearly have done within your own business to grow it. I want to know about this little something crazy thing that you have up your sleeves this year <laughs> at the Photo and Form Expo, which is uh, the Taser Project. Can you tell us more about it? We we love live demonstrations. Um, so instead of just sitting back and hearing how somebody took a photo, let them actually stand up there and show it. And we came across this project on, on the internet that we thought was amazing and, and we wanted to involve some of the photographers and, and bring people in um, to our event as well. Called, well, we've, we've named it Shocking Portraits. Uh, so we've got a, a top South African stock photographer, Sean Nell, who's going to be taking photos of people getting shocked with a taser. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so you're going to have people on stage. These people will be sort of celebrities. Exactly. The, the glitterati of Joburg. <laughs> and you're going to have them on stage and someone is going to taser them. Exactly. Now, on its own, it sounds awesome. Um, but if you actually watch what, what people have done, um, overseas that, that we kind of copying at our show. Um, the suspense is incredible. We've got high speed cameras set up so that we've got ultra slow mo footage. Um, plus we've got the, the actual f- photographic cameras, um, shooting at, at super high speed with flash. Um, so it's a, it's a great demonstration of what can be done in photography, but the expressions are, are priceless. And um, and you want to do this all for charity. It's it's all about giving back. Exactly. We want to definitely tie this into a couple of charities and get get some value from it. So in addition to it being an amazing thing just to watch, um, we believe that people will, will pay celebs to to come and sponsor them and and come and and get shocked. Um, well, we we have we have Andrew in the studio, and he I mean he works in sponsorship. So do you have any advice as to how we go about getting these these celebs sponsored yeah i think first of all i I would pay to shock a celebrity (laughs) so i think you need to open up the trigger pulling mechanism as well because you can make money out of that and donate to charity i would who wants to pull the trigger definitely uh and then yeah i read here's my whole thing for the day relevant content relevant context so uh we did a really cool thing with a bunch of celebrities around a cricket tournament here where we 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 aligned uh, celebrities to teams and as a result of that we had a voice of that team that was being spoken about for the duration of the tournament i reckon you need to do that with this so le- you need to get charities involved with specific celebrities the celebrity takes on the cause of the charity and the build-up to the shocking and uh you see how much uh, uh 
A, uh, content, uh, and B, groundswell you can gain for these individual charities with these individual champions who are going to be individually shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be one of the shockies. How much, I, <laughs> how much do I have to pay to pull the trigger? I'm going to, I'm, in. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, to all of our listeners, if you would like to pay to shock me, Get involved. You can contact me on Twitter at Brent Lindeque, or you can get hold of our WeChat. I do have uh, Tanya Roberts on the line. Um, she's involved as well with you is the Ubuntu uh, Health the, Portrait. That's it. Uh, Tanya, how are you doing? Hello. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's very nice to be with you guys. Welcome to the show. I know that you're you're out in Cape Town today. It always makes me jealous to to chat to the Cape Town peeps because i feel that you guys have got the best weather the best lifestyle the best of everything how's it going down there today oh it's absolutely magnificent there is no wind today and it is the mother city doing her best we ha- we hate you tanya <laughs> i thought you might i thought you might um all right so the good stuff today is all about thinking out of the box and uh, you guys have got an amazing foundation can you tell us a little bit more about the ubuntu photo portrait I can indeed. Um, basically, it's a community-based movement. Um, everything we do is centered around giving back. So we, 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 at its basic core, it's about find a person in need, take their photo, and give it back. That, that's the core of what we do. We may have organized it a little more, um, little more than that, as in we have groups of photographers who go out to various different places. But that's the core of it. So we'll go to a school and we'll say, there's 900 children in the school. We'll take 900 portraits. We'll print 900 portraits, and we'll come back and we'll give back 900 portraits. That's absolutely amazing because, I guess, in the underprivileged schools and and in sort of impoverished areas, they might uh, something as simple as a photo that we take completely for granted. They would never be able to get their hands on. Exactly that, and in fact, at most of the privileged schools will do school portraits. But in, in any of the underprivileged schools, you'll, you'll never find a child who's had a professional portrait taken of them. That's, that's incredibly sad to hear that. I've, I've never actually thought of that. I've never put two and two together. But that, now that you say that, it makes so much sense. Are you based only in Cape Town or are you nationwide? No, we're not. In fact, the movement started in Joburg um, in South Africa. It's actually a worldwide movement. But in the rest of the world, they do it very differently. Um, I, I can't think why, but they do. They, they, they shoot on one day and one day only, which is normally the first or second Saturday um, in December. And then they, they kind of set up with um, uh, makeup artists and lighting and studios and all the rest of it. We don't do it like that here in South Africa. We, we have branches all over the country. Joburg, uh, um, Durban, PE. Um, Cape Town, Swaziland, we, we literally, wherever there's a willing photographer, we, we have a branch, or we're willing to have a branch. So it's, it's everywhere, because the need is huge here. And then we shoot all, not, not quite all year round, we try and do sort of through the winter season, which you can imagine makes it very interesting in Cape Town. <laughs> a little bit rainy, a little bit wet. Yeah, and it's very interesting when you get into a school or a crash and, and you've got sort of... 600 children running around and you know mm, we're shooting this one inside today <laughs> but, um, but that's the way that we work it right away across the country and just just to chip in um, I know that it's also not just schools um, they go to no. old age homes they go to anywhere where people wouldn't normally be be exposed to photographs and you you should see the excitement on these people's faces they when they see the camera they just want to jump in front of it and, and pose 
It is really, really phenomenal what you're doing. And I, I, the show last week was actually about giving back without giving money. And I think it's so important if you have the resources, you have the time, you have the expertise, you're able to do stuff like you're doing the good stuff. How do photographers get involved to, to be part of it? How do you public get involved to, to maybe donate a bit of money? How do we get hold of you? Okay. I think the best way, the, the photographers, I must tell you, um, having this much fun is probably illegal. <laughs> because for the photographers, I often think it's more fun for a photographer than it is for a benefit. I can imagine. <laughs> because we, we have an absolute way. We, we, we get together as a group. It's a space where photographers, um, they're often seen as quite a snooty bunch. Um, there's none of that. There's none of this keeping everything to yourself. It's, it's all about sharing as freely and as openly as possible. So I'm actually not a professional photographer. I, I have a day job, <laughs> and then I have my passion, and this, this is about my passion. And, um, and Matthew, quite right, um, we go all over the place. So we go to creches, we go, in fact, we do free shoots. We'll, we'll go into a community, find somebody who's central there and say, right, if we take a photograph of every person who walks past and we bring the pictures back in six weeks' time, come and fetch it from here. So we do it all over the place. It's it's um, really amazing what you're doing. The best the best way of getting hold of us is probably through our Facebook page, um, Ubuntu Help Portraits. And then if people want to donate, the, again, the best way to do it is send us a message via that and we'll send you bank details. But we don't have a bank account as such. Every single cent goes to the printers. So there's, there's nothing that comes to the movement. We don't pay photographers. We don't pay for anything. Every single cent goes into um, the photographs that are that are printed towards the cost of paying for those printed photos. So, so it, there, there, there is a bank deed, a bank account, but it's the printers. And it, it is it comes down to the photographers giving back. You're not there to make money. It's it's about giving up their time. And can I just ask? I'm going to butt in here rather rudely. Sorry. Um, have you ever considered doing a collated? Uh, book as an example or some form of exhibition some, um, could be digital could be online but just of all of these portraits i mean i think there's a good uh, there's a really cool message here we've been talking about charities and being relevant and i think i think there's two pieces here there's the one which which makes the the end product extremely relevant for the the person the subject of the photography but i think i think all of those images combined are a phenomenal story of hope that's actually a very, very good idea. Um, I know that um, Stanley, who actually runs the program, as you would have had dealings with him up there in Joburg, um, has probably put his mind to something similar. But in fact, it's a brilliant idea because it is exactly that. I, it is a story of hope. I'm going to put you uh, and Stanley directly in touch with Andrew, uh, the creative the creative genius that we have in the in the studio today, and and maybe there's a bit of synergy there, and you guys can assist. You're gonna be um, you're gonna be at the Photo and Film Expo, yeah? We are indeed. And I was going to say, that's the other place to get hold of us. Excellent. Well, we'll pop on past. Uh, I'll see you there. I'm going to be getting shocked. So all, all, in, the, all in the name <laughs> of Jack. Can I pay money for that too? You know what? Well, I've been a bidding war. <laughs> the more people that want to do it, I'm all for giving back. It's been great having you on the show, Tanya, and I look forward to meeting you. Thanks very much for the space. We'll see you then. Take care. Uh, all right, heading back to the show, we've actually had someone get in touch with WeChat. And maybe, Andrew, this is something that you could, could assist with. Tian has asked um, a question. According to local papers, donations made to organizations where the beneficiaries aren't 100%, 100% black or BEE isn't tax deductible. Is that true? Always believe everything you read in the Caxton. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, sorry about that. I know some people at Caxton, so I'm going to get, I'm going to get moaned at now. No. Um, okay. It's got absolutely nothing tax deducting, tax deductions from a, a charity perspective, from a donations perspective have absolutely nothing to do with the BE status. It's got everything to do with the qualified status of the NGO or the NPO. So in other words, if it's a registered charity with all the correct paperwork in place, the money that you give to that charity is tax deductible. It has nothing to do with BE or ownership or uh, black or white, basically. In a nutshell, keep donating because it is tax deductible. Before we've only got a couple of minutes left, I always say time flies when you're being kind uh, and and joining us on the good stuff. I want to ask about the other side of this. It was something that I wanted to get into. Yeah. When great ideas, quote unquote, go bad. Mm. Um, it was in, in America. They, they Last year, they took homeless people and basically made them Wi-Fi hotspots. So as a homeless person, they gave you a Wi-Fi router that was attached to you and people could walk up to you and ask for the, the password of the Wi-Fi, uh, for a donation. But it went horribly wrong because there was an outcry from the public saying it's exploitation. What are your feelings on that? So, so my mantra today has been relevant content, relevant context. And I think in that particular case, the context was wrong. I don't think the idea was bad. Uh, I think we need to be really clear, though, that this was a commercial initiative. This was a, this was a cell phone company. This was a data provider effectively trying something which on, you know, around a boardroom, you know, maybe after a couple of joints in the evening sounded like a great idea. <laughs> a bunch of creatives, you know, those things. It, but I just think that it, the way that it was done, it came across as exploitation. And I think that's the learning there. Relevant content, relevant context. If the idea is great, the execution's got to be as good to make sure that the message is clear. And that's a prime, perfect example of a really good idea, by the way. I think then there's anything wrong with the concept of empowering somebody, giving them a way to make uh, make money, giving them uh, a sense of worth, giving them a purpose, all those things, tick all those boxes. It was just poorly executed. And it, it came across as commercial um, opportunism as opposed to a genuine uh, intent. And I don't know much about the campaign, so it may very well have been commercial opportunism, in which case they deserve to be slated. Or it could just have been crap execution. That's also okay. Either or. Uh, if, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, and uh, get some of your brainstorming ideas. How do mm. they do so? All right. So Havas Sports and Entertainment is based in Bryanston. Uh, we're part of the uh, – we have an above-the-line agency, a digital agency, a PR company, uh, and ourselves all operating out of one village, as we like to call it. So the easiest way is get hold of us on the landline, 011-549. Uh, ooh, <laughs> I don't use the landline very often. Uh, 3649. Um or alternatively, our websites, havas-se for sports and entertainment, .co.za. Uh, my Twitter handle's at maddog underscore sa. Promise not to be rude. Um, other than that, uh, through you, Brent, I'm sure that you've, uh, you'll pass any queries on to us if people need to get hold of us. Yeah, my Twitter is Brent Lindeque, as you guys should all know the good stuff. And I'll be retweeting all of these links a little bit after the show, as well as uh, I'll put a blog up of, of what went down on the show. Matt, uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you. Very easy. Uh, photofilmexpo.com. That's photo with a PH, not a F. And the same on Facebook, facebook.com forward photofilmexpo, twitter.com forward photofilmexpo. 
been amazing having you both on the show and Tanya from Cape Town. We spent the whole show chatting about thinking out the box. So I'll leave you with a little nugget from uh, Deepak Chopra. And it's something that Andrew said a little bit earlier on. Instead of thinking outside of the box, get rid of the box. There is no box. It does not exist. That's the good stuff for this week. Don't forget to tune in next week where we'll be actually catching up with our favorite English co-host. She had a bit of a migraine today, so she couldn't come in. And all the good stuff that comes with her. With Budget's portable possessions cover you... Let me start that over. A little bit of a... Blah, blah, blah. With Budget's portable possessions cover, you can avoid being paranoid about your good stuff and do some good for others. It comes standard when you take out a home contents insurance policy, and it protects you against theft, loss, and damage to your good stuff. For great value on insurance for your good stuff, type in Budget on the Cliff Central WeChat app or SMS Budget to 40224. Budget is an authorized financial services provider. Standard SMS rates, terms and conditions apply. The Good Stuff Show is brought to you by Budget Insurance. Every Tuesday with Brent Lindeque on cliffcentral.com.